Welcome to the Doctor's Wig Show, where I show you how bad states of mind and difficult life issues aren't pathological, but rather signs of personal growth trying to happen. All right, let's get into it. Hey, people, how are you today? Sending you good vibes from Zwig Station, USA, Planet Earth, Orion Arm, about two-thirds the way out from the center of the Milky Way. Yep, that's my location. Getting more specific, I'm sitting in my music studio with a glass of ginger tea, a bunch of candles, and a few of my old books on Aboriginal cultures. And I'm ready to dive into today's topic. It's a scary one. Fear. (laughs) Hmm. I just had a vision of us all walking through life barefoot, trying to avoid stepping on sharp objects, taking paths that avoid difficulties as much as possible, setting ourselves up and defining ourselves according to how far away from pain we can get. And if we can get far enough away, we might even forget about it altogether, or at least not have to face our fears. Hello, comfort. But unfortunately, that's when our true potential goes to sleep. This is because that which makes you afraid and causes you to withdraw contains important information that's meant to awaken you and steer you in the right direction. The thing that scares the crap out of you contains the gold. Yeah, it might burn like a hot coal at first or stick you like a sharp object, but if you learn how to process it, it turns from coal to gold. Hey, I'm a poet. (laughs) All right, let's jump into this. Change is a beast. For something to be born, something has to die. And this requires letting go of something near and dear. Even our bad habits feel like home. So if you encounter a potential major change in yourself, it feels like leaving your own home. You're cozy comfort zone, the known, the familiar, the safe. It's so much easier to just stay where you are. But that's exactly why we need problems, symptoms, and messed up chaos in our lives. Without it, we'd rot into static beings. We need something to light a fire under our asses and push us into our processes. A problem is simply the unconscious expression of a new part of you, a change that's trying to get you into a new way of thinking, feeling, relating, reacting, moving, and experiencing yourself in life. Your pain is the spark for your personal growth. There are two kinds of resistance we can experience when it comes to change, conscious and unconscious. Conscious resistance means you know how you need to change, but you're scared to do it because it's unfamiliar, unknown, may remind you of a bad experience you've had in the past, 
might upset your relationships, may make you worry what people will think of you, or even challenge a cherished belief you hold. Unconscious resistance means that whether you're aware of the change you need to make or not, you automatically resist it without knowing why. You just block it instinctively. You avoid it, reject it, push it away. Now, there are stages to this. Change is multidimensional and progressive. For example, say you're able to make some progress in your relationship to your inner critic. Instead of feeling beat up by it, you learn to stand up for yourself against its hurtful words. But as soon as you interact with certain people in your life, you fall back into the old pattern where you let the critic victimize you. Maybe these people are judgmental and maybe they're not. But somehow you react to them in a different way from how you react to your inner critic. Then, say you work on this further and get to the point of being able to stand up to these people, even if they judge you. But then you give a talk in front of an audience and your inner critic comes back again. Boom! Another level. The world. This is why whenever you work on something new, you should aim to integrate it on three levels. Internally, in relationships, and in the world. If you consciously work on a problem, you'll eventually hit your edge, the edge of what your mind and body will accept. This is an intense, uncomfortable, challenging experience. It happens when a new direction for you reveals itself, but everything in you balks at the change. You want to reject it and retreat back into your comfort zone. You've spent years building your identity, and now something is threatening it. But that's the essence of what a problem is meant to do, namely to challenge who you are, increase your awareness, and expand your identity. People express their identity through the use of the word I. I'm this, I'm not that. I do this, but not that. I believe this, but not that. This is how we differentiate ourselves and establish our personal reality. As the years go by, we get more and more set in this image of ourselves. We sort of fossilize who we are. <laughs> I mean, we go through life changes, but they usually don't change our basic self-concept. Enter problems. Problems are the antidote to our tendency to form static, unchanging identities. Your life is a process, not a state, and problems are one of the main sources of fuel to wake us up and force us into action, if we choose to heed the call. Creativity, learning, love, and spirituality add to it but problems directly challenge the status quo of who you are. And in fact, that's precisely their purpose. Your identity consists of a specific set of psychological patterns, and problems manifest to upset these patterns in order to force you to evolve. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or with these patterns. It just means that your nature is to keep growing. A problem is your process of growth showing up in your life, asking you to unravel its meaning 
and integrate its message. But its meaning and message are often unsettling, disorienting, challenging, scary, or too uncomfortable to act on. This is where you hit your edge. Whether your fears and resistances are conscious or unconscious, they tend to freeze you in your tracks. Edges are difficult to work with and easy to avoid. So how do you know when you're at an edge? When a client gets to an edge, he typically does certain behaviors. He laughs or giggles. (laughs) He changes the subject, looks away, jokes around, swallows hard, or takes sudden deep breaths. All signs of discomfort, fear, and resistance. If you find yourself doing any of these behaviors or avoiding uncomfortable feelings or thoughts or distracting or medicating yourself, you're at an edge. And that's totally okay. You may need to leave the issue and return to it at another time. But awareness of your edge is key. It'll show you exactly what you need to work on. To process your edge, First, identify what you're afraid of. Oftentimes, we don't even know. So exploring this is an adventure in itself. If you don't know, imagine it. And if you still can't identify it, imagine you could make someone else afraid in the way you are. What would you have to say or do to them to make them feel that way? This is what you're afraid of in yourself. The next step is to amplify your fear or resistance by personifying the fear maker. For example, if you're scared of what people will think of you, imagine a character who personifies what you fear people will think. Then play act the figure and dialogue with it. Instead of being frozen by a generalized inner fear of other people's opinions, process it. Help the story unfold and follow the changes it shows you. Personifying a process changes it from a vague, intangible, difficult-to-nail-down type of experience into a concrete, objective process you can engage with. Or say you tried a similar change in the past and it was a disaster, so you're afraid to try it again. This means you're spooked by your past self. Play act the scared part, then dialogue with it and show it how this time will be different. If you want to make a change and can't identify what's stopping you, play act a character who wants to prevent you from making the change. It's a blank access, like a Rorschach test. You know those ink blots psychologists have you look at and tell them what you project onto the picture? Instead of an ink blot, use your imagination of what a fear-inducing figure would say to you. How would it block you from changing? Trust your fantasy. Imagination is the bridge to the subconscious, and it'll guide you. There are no wrong answers. After the figure expresses itself, you can dialogue with it. Another important thing about edges is that they're ground zero for your process. 
everything in your life is defined by them. They determine what you're conscious and unconscious of and who you are and who you aren't, but have the potential to become. Your edge is like a road cutting through the middle of your psyche and soul. On one side is your conscious, known self, your worldview, your belief system, your personal history, your whole identity. And on the other side is your entire shadow self, all the parts of you that are repressed or haven't yet ever made it into your conscious awareness. This other side also contains the collective shadow shared by all humans. It's the entire realm of unconscious information in the world, both positive and negative, creative and destructive, life-giving and life-killing. And this whole system is in continual process. Every change you make or don't make alters the terrain and redefines your edges. Working on your edges is the most important part of personal growth and healing. It's great to have a breakthrough or get yourself into a good state of mind, but if you don't work on what stops you from integrating these ways of being, these experiences will be forever temporary passing blips in your experience. And even if you commit to a daily practice that continually puts you into the zone you want to be in, by not processing the things blocking you from naturally just being in this zone, you're missing out on the true transformative power of your process. Being stopped by fear and resistance is one of the most valuable experiences you can have, if you process it. Speaking of transforming your fears and resistances by amplifying and processing them, playing a concert is great practice for doing this. If there are five or 10,000 people in the audience, it amplifies any fear or resistance you might have by five or 10,000. Sometimes at the start of a gig, I feel a bit out of sync with the band. No matter how many gigs you've played and how rehearsed you are, you never know what kind of atmosphere or spirits an audience and five bandmates are going to show up with. It can feel a bit like dancing with someone you feel awkward moving with. At first you're like, is it me or them? But with a whole band, it's like, who the hell is fucking up? And of course, if you ask the question like that, it's usually you. <laughs> My joke with myself is that when I do vocal warm-ups with the piano and my notes sound out of key, I complain that the piano is out of tune. But it's a really interesting phenomenon. Oftentimes, when a guitar string sounds out of tune or a vocal note sounds off pitch, it's not that string or note that's wrong. It's a neighboring string or note that's off, and its relationship to the one you're focusing on makes the one you're focusing on sound wrong. You think, oh, that A note is flat, but it's not. The next note, say a D, is sharp, and it makes the A appear to sound flat. It's exactly the same in life. Everything is determined by the relationships between elements, inner ones and outer ones. One time before playing a gig in London, I felt an 
inexplicable nervousness before the show. I usually don't get nervous, so it kind of freaked me out. It was the opposite of being scared to make a change like I've been talking about. I was just afraid for some reason, but I didn't know why. I'd played hundreds of gigs before, so it wasn't beginner's stage fright. I meditated on my fear and amplified it. It felt like a fight-or-flight type thing, like I just wanted to run, but I didn't know from what. So I imagined I was a figure chasing Adam to kill him. I got my bandmate to pretend he was me, and I chased him around the room. As I did this, I let my imagination run free, and suddenly I felt like a music critic who wanted to put Adam down. Your music isn't like other modern music. You sound too old school. As soon as I said this, I started to calm down because I realized what was going on. I'd been having an inner critic telling me to write songs that sound like everyone else's these days. I'd been ignoring the critic and didn't think much of it because I write songs for me, not for what other people want me to do. But I hadn't noticed how the critic had gotten under my skin. Getting ready to go on stage amplified it and forced me to work on it. I switched roles with my bandmate, and as myself, I said, I don't work for anybody, I work for me. My friend did a great job of play-acting the typical critic and said, but you should write songs the new, modern way, or the audience won't like you. I said, well, then they won't like me. (laughs) I'm nobody's puppet. We went back and forth like this for a while, and it helped me go over my edge to really totally own my way of doing music instead of sort of mostly doing it, but not 100% owning it. Amplifying my process helped me change my relationship to my inner critic. Then we went out and had a great gig. And on that musical notation, uh... I feel like playing you some slide guitar right now. See you next time. Stay aware. You can follow me on social media at Dr. Zwig, and you can sign up on the mailing list at drzwig.com, where you'll receive discounts on private coaching, events, and merchandise, weekly personal growth tips, and lots more. Be well. 